Welcome back to the second episode of Beneath the Hat. I am your host, Carly Fanning. I am so, so, am I a hostess? I don't know. I'm your host and your hostess, Carly Fanning. I'm so happy to have you. Before we get into this week's episode, I have to say thank you so, so much um, to everyone that took time to listen to the first episode with Courtney. Uh, I got so many compliments. Um, so many people reached out and said they listened to the episode. Um, and it was a long episode. So thank you so, so much. I am so happy you guys like um, listening. And I can't wait to show you this week's episode. And I can't wait to keep doing more. It's really been... Um, it's been a good time. I know that I sound a little bit tired right now. Um, I actually today, whoo, today we are, are one of our dogs needed last minute surgery, life saving surgery. Um, we found out about it last night. So this morning we got up at six o'clock, um, took him to the vet and he had that done. And, you know, we've been up and we've been driving around getting things done. So I'm a little bit tired which is why I'm so stoked the interview was pre-taped. <laughs> but uh, let's talk a little bit about the interview this week. So this was my first official interview um, when I decided I was going to do the podcast. I didn't even have a name at this point, but I just knew I wanted to sit down and um, talk to people and hear about their stories. And this guy is one of my good friends, but he's also um, just, he's super interesting. He's very well-spoken. He's he's fun to hang out with. Um, and I just, I, I wanted to start there because I feel like he set the tone for um, the rest of the podcast. So today I'm interviewing, uh, you're going to hear my interview with Simon Wernofsky. He is a musician. He's a photographer. He's a new dad. He's a husband. He's among many things. And you're going to hear all about that. Um, so I'm not going to babble anymore because I sound like I've been smoking cigarettes my entire life. So Hope you enjoy it and welcome. All right, guys, I am here. I am Carly Fanning. I am your host. I'm here with Simon Wernobsky. That was good. I, yeah, was it good? good? Okay. I didn't want to do the F sound. <laughs> um, I'm very happy. It's our very first, it's our maiden ship, like maiden voyage flag. Ah, it's our flagship voyage into interviews, and you're our first one. I'm pretty excited about that. So every interview after this will be held against this one. No pressure. I wish I hadn't drank so much <laughs> scotch no, it's before okay. this, but that's fine. Right, <laughs> Actually, I, I've seen you drink, and I feel like that's not a whole lot for you. You are correct. And, and me neither. I think we're in a good spot. So um, <laughs> For now. For now, yes. We, we have time. Um, one of the reasons I wanted you to be the first interview is because you've made a lot of – well, you've had a lot of life changes recently. But um, like I said in your, in your lovely living room earlier, um, you've managed to build a career out of two different careers that most people would think that you can't make a living off of. You're a musician and you're also, you're self-taught, right? Photographer? Yes. Um, for the, uh, yeah, for the most part. And so you did the musician thing for how many years? So professionally six years. Um, but I've been playing, I mean, I, I was a, I started playing drums in fourth grade. Um, I don't know how to do the math with that right now, but it's over 20 years. For most point. of your yeah. life you've been playing. For most of my life, yeah. And then you're, so you're a photographer, you're also a husband and a new father. I am. There's been quite a few insane life changes recently. Um, as far as my music goes, I recently just left the world of professional uh, musician, I guess you could call it. Um, but like you, I was playing in a cover band full time for uh, almost seven years now. Um, and, you know, with the things that have happened in my life, which 
being a new father. And um, the photography company that my wife, Magda, who's here. Yes. I think Magda. she's taking video. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she is. Hi. Um, long, long and short of it is that that company that started off as a labor of love and just something to make some extra money, have fun, sort of took off to the point that we had no idea could get to at this point. Um, which is rad. Which is awesome. Um, but it just came to the point where it did not make sense for me to be away on the weekends anymore as much as I loved it. Um, but – Going along with what you were saying, uh, one of my really good friends uh, recently read me a quote. I was talking to him, and I'm going to butcher this quote, but he basically <laughs> said – and I forget who said it, so don't hold this against me. But basically said, everyone needs three hobbies, um, one to make you money, one to keep you creative, and one to keep you healthy. Oh, I like that. Um, and it's – the weird thing about that for me is that the one that kept me creative, which was photography, has now become a career. The one that – uh, made me money, which was music. Before that was with the one that kept me creative. Yeah. And the one, the only hobby I have left that I am not sort of turning into a career path is is uh, you know exercise, your fitness arts, that stuff, kind of thing. Yeah. And I thought for a while about trying to get a personal training certification, and then I realized that like <laughs> I can't have all three of the things I love to do as a business. As a business, because and you can totally speak on this as much as you love music. There are times where that stops being a love and starts being like, oh, shit, I have to go to this show now. Like, yes. I have to do this. Like, it, it was one of those weird realizations that having to do something sometimes makes it not as fun. Yes. I, I mean, we, I, I mean, Sean and I were there for the last two years of doing our band. Like, we just, oh, God, we have to go to work and we have to do this. Yeah. It wasn't fun anymore. Yeah. My, and, you know, you guys have been in the music industry. You understand it, as I'm sure a lot of people who are listening to this, but, like, I will never find a high quite like being on stage and playing for a ton of people. Yes. But the things that surround that can definitely feel like work yeah. sometimes. It as almost much doesn't, fun as it is, you know. It almost doesn't balance out. Yeah. Well, I don't think people realize how much travel I – th- I, th- I think the hardest thing for me is the travel. I love yeah. being on stage. I love, you know, getting to meet people at shows, but – we drove four hours here. We set up our stuff. Like we waited another hour. We're gonna play. Then we're gonna tear it all down. Then we're gonna drive home. Get yeah. home at like six in the morning. And you guys traveled more than we did. Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, I we were very, or I was very fortunate to have an awesome crew that you know get got there before us. We didn't had a minimal amount of stuff to load in and set up and tear down. Yeah. Um, but still, you know, and you guys are in a unique situation because you know. I was traveling late at night for really long hours, but the difference is you guys got you guys were traveling together for yes. the most part. She's sitting at home worrying about me at three in the morning coming back from bumfuck Virginia, not knowing where I am. You know, I'm sleeping in the van. In she, a parking lot or somewhere. She'll, well, she'll text me. I won't respond because I'm sleeping. Yeah. You know, I'm sure that is insanely ridiculous. And then come to the point where I was not going to – have her make her do that with a newborn at home with like, a baby you know. and so. I think about that sometimes like what would I be like because yeah I have for the most part Sean and I have been playing together for the past seven years I've never really had to sit at home while he's gone up until recently because now he's doing some video stuff and he's gone and I think about that but for the most part we're together at shows but I don't know I don't know if I could do I have a lot of respect for, for the girlfriends and wives because I'm there you know what I mean? I don't know what it's yeah. like to not have him around all the time. I, I mean, I get it. You know, a lot of, <laughs> I remember there's definitely been people who have, you know, seen the way Magna and I interact and. <laughs> I love so, you guys, by the way. Oh, thank you. But sometimes, sometimes it's been cool. Like, you know, the new guys 
guys who come to the scene and have really serious girlfriends, there's been a couple who've been like, so how do you guys balance that out? Like, you guys seem to be going so well. And I, I'm like, I hate to break it to you, man, but like, it seems like it's going well, but it does not make it any easier to be driving from upstate New York home at three in the morning, you know, knowing that your wife is home not sleeping because you could be getting into a crazy car accident. Which you guys did, didn't you? You hit a a deer. uh, On the way back from Penn State a couple of years ago, we uh, hit a deer is not the best way to put it. We (laughs) sort of vaporized a deer. I saw the the Um, after pictures. Yeah. So it totaled our van. um, And the issue is that we were, it happened, anyone who's traveled to Penn State knows the area between Penn State and about 40 minutes west of Philadelphia is no man's land. Kind of like driving an AC that Yeah, so one of us had cell service. We were nowhere near any place that was open. And the long and the short of it is the cops came out. They really couldn't help us. We ended up having to get a tow truck to, to a flatbed the van to, I forget the name of the town, but it was a town of like, 300 people we slept in a car dealership because it was the only (laughs) thing open and then we ended up hiring from harrisburg a limo bus because it was the only thing that would come pick us up and take us back to philly but it's stuff like that and that was you know that was a minor accident that wasn't anything ridiculous so imagine if something serious happens on those trips it was just knock on wood yeah knock on wood obviously um but you know that, that was just one of the things that made it you know people don't think of when they see people go and see bands play and they just see the, the awesome side of it of performing on stage. They see the part of it that we love the most, which is really only 10% of what we do. Oh, absolutely. And they see that and they don't really see the other side of things. And it's funny too, because for so long, the dream of a lot of us was like, okay, you know, let's, I'm going to do this cover band thing. And then I'm going to go on tour, do some original stuff or be a backing band Mm -hmm. and talking to the dudes who did that for a really long time. It's no different. It's It's more travel. It's instead of getting into a van and driving three hours, it's get in a van, go to the airport, get on a plane, go do this. And then, Oh, by the way, after three months is done, uh, that's it. You don't know where your next paycheck is coming from until you audition and get on another tour. Yeah. So it's kind of on a larger scale stress. Yeah. I've recently have talked to, uh, the, um, the awesome guy who just replaced me in the Rockets um, was a touring jumper for a while, and he kind of said the same thing. He said, touring is awesome for a while, but not knowing where your next paycheck is coming from works when you're a single guy living in an apartment, but as soon as you have a family... It changes. Doesn't doesn't really work on it, which is why you know I'm in a very fortunate position to um, now own my own business with my wife. With your wife, and, yeah. And with one of our best friends, um, it was, it was a very bittersweet moment last weekend. It was my first weekend not playing gigs. You texted me, I, and, yeah. I, and I was in the same boat. I yeah. was like, what do, what do people was, do on the weekends? It was, it, it was a, and I didn't even realize it. It was it, it hit like 10 p.m., and I was like, it's 10 p.m. on a Friday. Did it throw the rest of your week off? Not Because I couldn't tell what day it was. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been that way since the kid was born. So. Oh, oh well, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, you know, but yeah. the uh, it was just a really weird, bittersweet experience. It was kind of like... You know, I got a text from a couple guys like, what's it like, you know, a couple guys from the band's like, what's it like being home on a Friday night? And I'm sitting there with my kid who's chilling, we're watching TV, and I was drinking a martini. I was like, to be honest with you, this is awesome. <laughs> but at the same time, it, it was, I thought about the other end of it, and it it was bittersweet. That's the best way I can put it. I was really sad to not be with those dudes, like really, really sad. But at the same time, you know, playing a private event where you get there at 4 o'clock, and you don't play till nine o'clock, 
and you're sitting around worried. All I wanted to do was sit on my couch and feed my kid and drink a martini, you know? So it's, there's no winning. It's, if you're doing one, you want to do the other. If you're doing the other, you miss the other one. Well, so. it's like, it's like an evolution. Cause I remember when I, um, when I was younger and I was like in my twenties and I was doing my original band thing, I lived like we would go out on tour for months. I had no money. I lived in the van. Like I was doing my laundry. If someone let us stay at their house, I was showering like in the sink at rest, like rest stops. And I was completely fine with the hobo it. shower. Oh yeah. I did a lot that. of that. Um, you know, a lot of baby wipes, but, uh, and I was fine with it. It was great. You know, I was, I was going out, I was enjoying it. If I think about that now, I could not do that now. It's so funny you say that too, because, uh, Pete and I from the Rockets, we were in a band together called Total Whiteout for a while, and that was sort of the vibe that that band had. We, you know, we weren't a headlining band. We weren't, you know, we were just making our way through, having a good time. We were all much younger at the time, and we used to play the figure it out game. We call it. We the van would we'd show up to Sea Isle at the OD, or we'd show up at Dewey. We would not have a hotel. We'd have nowhere to stay, and it was the figure it out game. So, what are we doing after the gig? Where are we staying? Yeah. Everybody, figure it out. <laughs> so. There were definitely nights uh, when we were in, heading down to Key West where I put a sleeping bag on top of the van, you know. Or, oh, yeah, I've slept on top yeah. of the trailer. Or, you know, we're in Sea Isle and it's, you, you meet a couple dudes that night like that live across the street. Yo, can I crash on your floor? And I think back to that now. I'm like, how the hell did I do that? You know? I don't think if someone, if a stranger at a venue offered me a place to stay now that I would be like, yeah, man, we'll right. come over. And we did that all the time. Yeah. Um, and I think part of that just now, like I said, it's the evolution. But it's also you're, you're trying to figure out you're very conscious of who you used to be and what you used to enjoy. Now you know that you enjoy something different, but it's also very hard to let go of that because it, it's still like a piece of you is, is missing. Absolutely. So it's, you know? that's, a, that's a hard – and like I said, you, 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 there's a lot of evolution going on because you went from musician to photographer to, to being married, doing all this, and also now new dad. Yeah. That's a lot. And Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that made it even harder to step away from the, the music scene because – I mean, everyone between the guys that were in Total Whiteout with me and especially the guys in the Rockets, like they've seen, they have been with me from dating a girl and playing music for a living up to playing music for a living, being married. They were at my wedding, having a kid, having a family, buying a house. Like they've been with me through all of these things. So, you know, I'll never forget, uh, and I'm going to, call him out here in a good way uh derek who's one of the singers in the rockets he who has beautiful hair by the way <laughs> he he was maybe he'll donate it but i hope he does it because it's beautiful hair but anyway he uh you know i grew up with a younger sister um she's seven years younger than me um we are very close we're close now we're very good friends but growing up seven years difference that's a lot yeah it was you know we coexisted yeah it was kind of it but you know when i we went through probably like two or three years ago. You know, there was a time where the guys in the band were just, we were just fighting like crazy. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, it was whatever. Like, you know, Derek and I would scream at each other and then be fine. And I never really, that never really clicked with me. Like, why is this okay? And, you know, Derek said to me, he's like, well, it, you know, we fight like brothers because Derek has a bunch of brothers. And I, it just clicked for me like, oh, I've never had brothers. Like, I don't know how to fight like that and then just be cool. So that was like, that was a big deal for me. I remember he said that and that really, you know, rang, uh, rang home for me. Um, but then thinking about those guys literally being with me in the biggest transition period in my entire life, you know, 
that made it way harder to step away because as much as I like music, I also love all those dudes. Yeah. So it's like, but you know, I'm, I'm doing my best to, even though I'm not involved anymore to stay involved, um, talk to everyone still yeah. not part of me wanted to just take a step back. Cause I felt like it would be hard to, um, be around it and not be doing it. Yeah. And then I kind of realized I don't want to lose touch with these people. So suck it up. Isn't I'm going to go to some shows. I'm going to hang out. I still talk to everyone. I'm still in the group chat. You know? <laughs> I chime in every once in a while, but you know. Well, isn't it weird? Because I, like, I moved away for a couple months. I stepped out of this because at the end of when we kind of put our band on hold, I was miserable. I hated every minute of it. I was, we were fighting. Yeah. It wasn't fun, and that's why I started Summer, it. Summer, right? It was, well, that's... and it kind of went, and it had been going south for a, a year. Because... And that's, that, that's the worst because if, if things are not good leading into a summer, Mm-mm. when you had that summer schedule in, man, you're in close proximity with each other six days a week. Which was which was hard. Yeah. Luckily, we were able to like make that work. And I and I, when I think of like you and Magda, what I like about you guys, and it kind of reminds me of me and Sean, is that Magda's my wife, by the way. In case yes, we, didn't we did introduce her. her oh, but yes, <laughs> um, but you guys, when I look at you, I could tell that you're friends, and I like that. And I think that's why you guys have been able to get through all this together. And I think that's why Sean and I have been able to work together even though we at the time we were separated you know what i mean because we were always friends and i want to emphasize that friends doesn't mean like we always get along no you know friends means that we call each other on our bullshit even if the other one doesn't like it yeah you know but and also it's i think it also means like you're fighting fair like like we've never had a fight where i've been like tried to hurt his feelings you know what i mean because at the end of the day he's still my friend like when we separated i it was still hard not to be around him because i like he was still my best friend well i'm going to i'm going to Blow up your spot for a minute. All right, because go ahead. You, you, uh, you said something that was very uh, – it, it was sort of an epiphany moment for me in that podcast that you guys did, which I have to tell you was awesome to listen to just because the two of us really appreciate honesty. And one of our – one of the two things that we try to do is we try to be as honest as possible both in the social media world and to each other. Which I love about you both, um, first of all. But you guys uh, were talking about how when you – you guys don't really fight, but you, you will argue, which we yeah. obviously do. But it was – I'm trying to remember – You can and you can correct me if I'm misstating this, but it was – I think you were talking about – or you were saying that Sean um, – Sean would say something to you or you would say something to Sean and the other person would not react in the way that you thought they should. So you immediately yeah. think that's not right. Yes. And instead of thinking about, well – that's how they're reacting to it because that's how they're reacting to it. Not if, does that make sense? Yes. I, I might be I might be misquoting yeah. here, but instead of trying big, to understand where the other that was a big thing from. for me too because like the two of us go through that a lot. It's you know I'll say something and or she'll say something and we both expect the other person to react a certain way and we don't. And yeah. It's like oh what the fuck man like yeah. you know so I thought that was really cool not to completely no it's fine well not to completely veer off but well actually it kind of comes full circle because you i had been toying with the idea after we did that podcast episode for guys i have another podcast it's called keeping ethereal um shameless plug she talks about crystals (laughs) i talk about woo woo new age stuff um (laughs) but like all those crystal pictures oh i about shit i did almost shit my pants like you said and i showed them to hannah who um is into crystals as well and we were like oh my god we uh 
Magda and I and my mom and Asher went to uh, the Natural History Museum in D.C. the other day. Which um, I want to go to now that you've showed me all those pictures. But they had we, – we, there was a room that was like the gemstone room. We really went because they had the Hope Diamond there. So we Which was cool. amazing. But they have this gemstone room. I'm like, let's walk through. And like literally I walked through and I was like, I just listened to a podcast where – <laughs> they were talking about gemstones. So, you texted me that, and I was like, "Oh my god, we're going!" It was honestly, I'm not into that stuff, and I, I'm not knocking it at all. I just never really got into it. But the stuff they had there was really cool. It, I mean, even even if you're not into it, they're just cool to look at. Oh yeah, you know absolutely. what I mean. You don't even have to know yeah. why. They're just like, really... hey, we dug in the ground and found this thing that looks like you it's know, amazing, like a hairy rock. It's really weird. Yeah, that green one. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. But I was I was toying with the idea after we did the one episode about um, you know, in, which it was technically embracing change, but it was about me and Sean and how we separated and um, were able to kind of work things out, uh, which I was nervous about because that's not something that we talk about very often. Um, well, I appreciated just the honesty that you guys. Thank were. you. Because, um, you know, one of the things I was I was talking about before is that I am a big proponent of um, being vocal and honest about things that have been stigmatized, whether it be in the media or personally or whatever. Like I am very vocal about the fact that I – diagnosed with clinical depression, severe clinical depression for a long time now. I've been on antidepressants and I feel like that's one of those things that people don't talk about. It's taboo. Mental health. Yeah. And it's becoming much more relevant these days, which I think is awesome. Yeah. But anytime anyone ever says anything about it, like I'm not the kind of the person like, you know, I don't want to talk about it. Uh, I'm the first person to say, yeah, I've been taking a lot of antidepressants for a very long time. (laughs) And guess what? Because I've been doing that, I am great now. Yeah. Like it's, uh, my doctor put it to me the best. He said, listen, you have asthma, and when you have, you know, when you get wheezy, you take an inhaler. Um, so your chem- your brain is not making enough of a certain chemical. Why would you not take medication? Well, it's almost like it's insulin. Your body's yeah, not diabetic. Thing. So I just think that's one of those things. And, you know, not to get too personal, but, you know, Magda and I just had a kid, but we had a hard time getting pregnant. And I yeah. feel that a lot of people don't talk about their fertility journey. You know, everyone just thinks, oh. Oh, it's so easy to get pregnant. I just talked to a friend recently who was like, how'd you guys get, you know, was talking about pregnancy. We've been trying, we've been trying. It doesn't happen. I don't think it's going to happen. You know, and I asked how long it's been, they've been trying. He said a certain amount of time. And I said, listen, this is how long Magda and I tried for. We had to do this. We had to do this. And it, he was just like, I never knew that was a thing. And I'm like, it absolutely is a thing. So I just feel like, you know, I've just been, one of the things we like to be very open about is is anything that we feel is stigmatized because it always helps to if you're going through something to know someone else is going through it i agree which is why i appreciated what you guys talked about on that podcast because i'm sure there's a ton of other people going through a very similar thing that would be happy about hearing like that story yeah i thought that was really cool and i text you guys right after i listened to it i'm like yo thank you that was awesome well, and yeah, that's, I thought it was really, really cool. Well, thank you. And that's the reason why when I – because I was toying with the idea of a, another podcast after that episode because I got a lot of that, – that kind of response from people. Like, thank you for the honesty. Loved you know, hearing someone talk about the stuff that I'm going through. And I was like, yeah, I can't really fit in all this like emotional stuff into <laughs> right. my new age podcast. And talk about I crystals. To, right. I was like, I'm going to have to figure something else out. And then you texted me and I was like, what a cool interview that would be. And like in that split second, I was like, I'm doing a new podcast. Yeah. I don't have a name at, at this point. Well, I, you know clearly when this goes on the air there will be a title for this podcast but there's no title now and uh but I just I knew that I wanted to talk to you and I knew that if I didn't do it I like I would find a thousand reasons not to do it so I was like you know what I got this idea I'm just gonna run with it um but interesting the thing that you're talking about well you mentioned two things that I think um a lot of people don't like to talk about one was uh mental illness depression stuff because I've mentioned it a little bit on my my other podcasts like 
you know, I was hospitalized twice when I was 18 and 20 for depression. Right. Um, you know, I used to cut myself. And then for a long time, these were all things I never told anybody because I was ashamed of them. I'm also different sure. now. And I also, like, it hurt me to think about that. But then, I, like, at the older that I get, I, like, see groups on Facebook or, like, someone will mention something like that. And I'll realize, like, shit, I, I know exactly what that feels like. I yeah. know, like, maybe I can say something that would help someone else going through it. Um but I think the more that people talk about it, the more accepted it'll be. You know what I mean? It affects more. First of all, any creative person is either depressed, uh, has <laughs> right. you know bipolar, there, there's, or there's, there's anytime you see anything on the creative, whether it be photography, whether it be art, whether it be music, you know, there's some sort of torment that's that comes with that. You know, you look at anyone that has created great art in whatever whatever place it is, and they're tormented in some way. Look at comedians. I'm a big fan of stand-up comedy. And they're all and, depressed. And they're all depressed, you know? <laughs> and, you know, I think there's something to be said about that. Someone who can feel that much emotion has to have an outlet somewhere for yeah. it. And some of the best art, comedy, whatever you want to call it, comes from that, I think. But I also feel like a lot of people don't talk about it because I think about the times when it was the worst for me. And it's, it's embarrassing in some ways. You almost feel like you're less, you're less Like than... I think back to it now that I'm okay, I think back to it and go, what the, the, the fuck was I thinking? Like, why was I like that? Like, but obviously I was really feeling it at the time. You yeah. Know? And to be honest with you, music saved my life. Um, at my absolute lowest is literally when the uh, chance to audition for Total Whiteout came along. Like literally, like, Three days after my lowest point in my entire life, I got a phone call, you know, about auditioning for this band. So, and everything went up and up after that. So Actually, that's kind of the same for me. I uh, I was really, really bad. Um, I was probably like 21. When, and then uh, I, got an, I got an audition for my original band. And when that started to do well and I found something that I did well at, it started to help me. Like, I was on antidepressants for a long time. I had taken myself off them at that point, which I probably should not have done. Well, <laughs> that's why I was at the lowest point, because I decided my antidepressants were working. I decided to stop them cold turkey, which if you're listening to this and you're on antidepressants, don't do it. Don't do that, because <laughs> that was not a smart decision. They're why you felt so good. Yeah. They're, they're, there's a reason they tell you to wean off them, and they put the warnings on the bottle to not stop cold turkey. They're not lying. Yeah. It doesn't work. Well let, well, let me ask you this then. W was music always like the plan for you? Did you like, was that like no, how? No, music was the stretch for me. Music was the, I've always, I want to play music for a living, but that's not feasible. So. Cause you know. cause your dad, your dad is a big time well, doctor. Well, yeah. Very, very, very but professional. However, <laughs> so it's, it's a funny story. My dad wanted to be a professional musician his whole life. My dad Did is he? an insanely talented um, piano player um, and songwriter. Um, and he wanted to be a professional musician his whole life. Um, and his parents were very real with him. They said, you can absolutely be a professional musician once you graduate medical school. Okay. <laughs> so obviously – that's what he did. He went to medical school and he, he did a lot of stuff with that. And now he's back to playing music again. Um, That's right. I saw something that you recorded so, something. Yeah. So um, myself, Pete and Joey um, from the Rockets um, played with his band. Um, his band is a like, usually when we play, it's about between 15 and 18 piece. Yeah. I saw um, the picture. Band. Um, and other than the three of us, it's all doctors. Which is pretty cool. Which is rad. And they're all, you know, they're all really talented musicians. Um, and my dad actually gave, there's been a lot of lectures on it, but my dad gave a lecture about the um, the connection between medicine and music. And mm, interesting. I'm not going to even try to explain it right now because yeah. I probably wouldn't do it justice, but, you know, mathematics and how that translates into music and stuff. I thought it was just a really interesting thing, but they're 
they're all very talented musicians. And all of them are insanely jealous of that we were playing music for a living. Isn't that the weirdest thing? It is very bizarre. I was like, like I'm, I'm happy you're jealous of, of me playing music for a living. I'm jealous of the Tesla that's picking you up in front of the studio yeah, the with very, no one in it right now. So. I've had many financially <laughs> successful people tell me, like, oh, I wish I could do what you do. And I'm sitting there with, like, $5 and, in my pocket. And to be honest with you, like, would I like to be making a ton more money? Absolutely. But hearing people that do make a ton of money and hearing that, you know, and I'm sure you guys have heard this too, I wish I could do what you do. I wish I was brave enough to do what you do or making my my hobbies a, a profession, you know. Um, and kind of going full circle on that, what we kind of talked about before that was... Um, there's We're going to pause. We're going to pause. There's, there's a cat, there's a cat somewhere. Hey, Jack, come in here. Aww. Come on, Jack. We heard you, buddy. You can just leave it open. Yeah, just leave it open. It's fine. There will be no clawing of the couch. She's Not she's while chill. we're all in here. <laughs> oh. You can leave it open. Yeah, you can leave it open. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she's like, put me down. <laughs> oh, no, she's cool. She's a very She wants cat. attention. Since we've had the baby, they've gotten very much less attention. Oh, well, she's in the right place. Yeah. But uh, kind of going back to full circle, it's kind of, you know, taking hobbies and turning them into professions. Um, it's weird for me because music, <laughs> music was my dream career through high school. And then sort of reality hits, and you're like, okay, I can't do that. And then in college, I was a cultural anthropology major. Really? Yes. I was going to ask you if you even went to college. Okay. Yes. Wow. I graduated Penn State in five years because I like to drink and play drums. But <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, but I was a cultural anthropology major, and um, my the idea past that was I wanted to go into documentary film work, and I okay was really interested in anthropology, and the kind of things I wanted to do documentary work on were. Um, sort of subcultures. Okay. And I thought, you know, studying how to study cultures would help that. So, and I think it did in a lot of ways, but obviously I didn't go into that field. Yeah. Um, after college, I tried documentary work for a while and realized this is not what I thought it was. Yeah. That industry is, is very cutthroat. It's not my kind of style. But while I was in college, I, I interned for two summers out in LA, um, working for TV Guide magazine on photo shoots. Very nice. And learned from a lot of really good photographers. And I'd been shooting photography as a hobby. You know, I learned on film in a dark room for when I was 11. And I'd been shooting really? that kind of stuff for a long time. Did anybody in your family do that or why? Um, my aunt um, was is the um, – hey, what's, the, what's her actual title now? She's the director of photography for – uh, Well, she was for TV Guide. That's where I got that job because of nepotism. Um, <laughs> but – yeah, NBC. Oh, she, wow. But yeah, she does a lot of that stuff. Um, but and my mom's in 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 that industry as well. But um, yeah, I got to work out there, and and I kind of after that I came home and bought my first DSLR, and started shooting. You know, my friends with lamp light in our in, <laughs> in in my apartment at Penn State. You know, and that was kind of fun. And I realized this would be awesome to do as a career, but. I never really thought that would turn into anything. So I just – that was another one of those things that I was just like, okay. So after college, you know, I got a job at Apple. <laughs> was doing tech support. Or I was doing sales and then they realized I'm a terrible salesman. So. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I'm not a so, good salesman. Uh, we actually – we tell that story to clients a lot um, for our wedding photography company because a lot of people, when you try to book a, a wedding photographer, they try to sell you on the thing. And yeah. The first thing we say is we work for Apple. We were all salespeople and – we stopped that real quick because we're terrible <laughs> salespeople. But um, 
You know, and then out of out of nowhere, I got a phone call from a friend from um, college, um, and she said, "My, you know, my friend's band just lost their drummer. They're full time. Would you be interested in auditioning? They're out in Lansdale, which was really close to me." I was like, "Absolutely." Uh, do you still drum? Yeah, I hadn't picked up sticks to play drum kit in five six years. Wow, so okay. I just totally lied. <laughs> <laughs> so I got home that day, set up my drum kit, practiced for a bunch of hours, and. That's what happened. And that's when the rest <laughs> yeah. is history. Well, that's not really the rest. I went to the first audition and did terribly. Um, but then we all went back to my house and drank a bottle of Jack Daniels. Which always helps. <laughs> yeah. And then they called me back two weeks later and said, listen, you didn't know the songs very well, but we really like hanging out with you. So can you learn the songs better and come back? And I said, Which yes. is half of it, honestly. Yeah, I, I, I mean, dude. Maybe more than at half. At the time, I didn't understand. But now, if you don't get along with a person, Ugh. I'd much rather have someone I get along with who has to work than someone who's just a, a genius. And, yeah. yeah. But, um... Yeah, so, you know, coming back around to the photography thing. Um, well, you kind of did that. You you kind of did that. I think from from the outside, from where I am, you were dabbling in it as you were doing yeah, this. Yes. So long. The long and the short of it is, we started. My me and one of my really good friends, Dennis, had talked about doing a wedding photography company for a very long time. A very long time, and. Uh, my wife Magda was just kind of tired of hearing of it, so she came in one day and said, "Hey, by the way, I started you guys an LLC." <laughs> nice. So that's kind of how that company happened, and the real idea for the company is we were going to shoot like five or six weddings a year, you know, make a couple grand a wedding, supplemental income. Yeah, it'd be great. And then we started getting booked, and then we kept getting booked, and then we kept getting booked, and then you know, when I finally decided that it was time to do this full time. You know, we just hit 56 weddings for 2019. Which is awesome. So basically almost one a week or one one plus a week. more than that because now we have – so it's the three of us and we have three associate shooters. So there's a couple weekends where we're shooting four weddings a weekend. Wow. Um, which is a lot of work. Didn't um, you, and you just won something on the knot, didn't you? Didn't you win for – or am I not? We can, no, we did. We won okay. best of not 2019. I don't know how much I want to go into this. Oh, you okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, we're going to edit that part we're out. We're going to edit that yeah, out. Yeah, we just won best of not 2019. <laughs> we'll edit awesome. that. <laughs> I'll tell you guys about that later. <laughs> later. Yeah. Okay. Um, can, all right. Oh, yeah. We were just uh, – so the, cool, the really cool thing that just happened that was a, a wow moment for me personally, but for the company too, is that we just got our work published um, in Modern Luxury Wedding Magazine. That's right. Um, and it, <laughs> there was something really surreal about seeing photos that you worked on in a printed magazine. Yeah. I can't, I can't even imagine what that feel like. It was just – you know, I and so Dennis and Maggie actually shot that wedding, but um, – the cool thing about how we work is that all of us have a hand in everything. So Dennis and Magda shot, I called and edited everything. Um, so it's just group effort. Yeah. I mean, everything we kind of do is a group effort, but it's just, that was like a surreal moment of a, holy shit, like we're actually doing this. We're on the right track. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, there's something cool about that, but you know, it, it's at the point now where I don't think I've come to grips with the fact that I'm a professional photographer. And I think that kind of happened with music too. I don't know if you guys ever got to that point where you realize that that's all you do for money. It was kind of like, I'm a professional musician. Well, Sean and I talk about this actually recently. We talk about it a lot actually. Cause like when I was younger, I remember when Sean left his job, it was like, holy shit. Like, I'm a professional musician. That's awesome. Well, we looked at each other and we were like, does this fe- – because I remember watching bands that, you know, that would get paid and travel. You know, you travel down to Florida or whatever right. and you're, you're playing whatever gigs and gigs, you know, like – Did you have that 
this doesn't feel like I thought it would feel. Yeah, it doesn't feel professional yeah. at all. Like I don't feel like I thought it would. It feels like okay, I'm just going to play this show, and right. and maybe maybe we're still struggling for money, but from the outside, we're professional musicians. Yeah, you know what I mean. So um, I can I I, I I totally get that feeling. Yeah, it was it was a weird, and I I remember thinking about it like the past couple of days, like holy shit, I'm a professional photographer, which is one of those titles I never thought I'd have. It was, you know, in college thinking like, it wouldn't be great to be a professional photographer. But then again, I look back to high school and think, wouldn't it be great to be a professional musician? And then you do it and you're like, this doesn't feel like I thought it would. So one of the big things I'm trying to do with photography now is I'm trying to take, you know, so we're, we make money shooting weddings and engagement sessions and making couples look beautiful and which you do a great job of. Thank you so much. And I absolutely love doing that. Salt and Cedar Photography, look us up. <laughs> um, but at the same time, one thing I think that I didn't do enough of playing music was doing my own thing. Yes. Um, and I think part of that was because of the schedule. Like, you guys know. You guys had a nuts schedule. Yeah, our schedule was nuts. I mean, you, dude, you guys, you guys last summer had the same. <sighs> that was, yeah, like, you guys get it. Trust yeah. me. But it's, it's almost, it almost gets to the point where you're so burnt out from playing your instrument. You don't have time for anything else. That, you have no energy. That it like you almost don't it's not that you don't want to do it. You want to do it, but it's I have no energy. If I if I have the option of sleeping or writing music, I'm going to sleep. And if you're burnt out, I feel like if I'm burnt out, I can't even think creatively it, exactly. anyway. Exactly. I have no creative energy left like like all right, here's a, here's a song I've been writing. Do you want to play the beat to it? Yeah, here. Wait. I think I'm playing the beat to 24 character magic. Yeah. <laughs> I have lost all respect for myself. I think I've written right. a song that yeah, already exactly. has been written. So, so one thing I've been really trying to do with photography is, is you know, especially this time of year, you know, not many people are getting married when it's this cold out. Yeah. So I have a lot of time. And in addition to trying to improve my technical skills and my craft is I'm trying to do personal projects. Yes. And, you know, we, Magna and I kind of started, so <laughs> this is a weird thing how this kind of came to fruition, but... I um so I put out a thing on Instagram a couple of weeks ago about like I just wanted people mm-hmm. to come and and shoot with you know people who and you know I've shot with models before and models are a lot of you you really don't have to do any work with models right you say here's some really good light go stand over there and look pretty and do your thing and you just shoot pictures and they all come back great which <laughs> is awesome don't get me wrong one of my really close friends is a model I shot her she was great I loved it but. I decided that, you know, I wanted to, especially with us working with couples who aren't models, you have to sort of give them direction. And I I find something more genuine about people who don't know how to model and could give you actual emotions rather than blue steel, you know? (laughs) Yes. Um, So I decided, like, okay, I want to shoot some a bunch of my friends. Like, what do you guys want to shoot and blah, blah, blah. And so I put a thing on Facebook. I got a couple of responses and – I got a couple of responses from people who, who were sort of expressing to me like they need they, – they want to do this shoot because, you know, they, they need to feel good about themselves. Yes. And I kind of thought like, okay, that's interesting. Let's, let's you know, let's work at this. Um, so a really good friend of mine who I've known for a very long time since I went to college came over the other day and we did – What's technically called like a boudoir shoot. So were these the ones that you posted? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they were. So oh, like, yeah, they were very nice. It's kind of like a sexy. I don't know how else you would describe it. Lingerie shoot, which um, is hard to do if you feel like you're not right. a Victoria's so, Secret model. So, and it's kind of. I was thinking about this today. Actually, it, it's very much like an, like writing an original song where you start with an idea and it sort of just transforms into something that you may not have ever thought it would be. Yeah. Um, and a cool response I got from that was, you know, 
from actually from her boyfriend messaged me and was basically like she's completely glowing on the way home right now like she's Aww. so happy and I thought like that's really cool and she expressed to me that she wasn't feeling super good about herself um, like confidence wise but afterwards you know, she felt really good and blah 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 and I'm like that's so cool so I decided so I put something else on Instagram I'm like if anyone is not feeling super good about themselves but you know wants to kind of trying to think of how to explain it. Like once a confidence booster, that's not really what I'm going for, but you know, and it's just sort of like body positive photography. Yeah. Um, and I got like a ridiculous amount of inquiries about this. Like, you know, especially after I posted a couple photos that we took, you know, and these photos are not meant to be posted on, on like social media. You can talk, we can edit. This oh out. yeah, we can edit this out. You can write that. Yeah. yeah. A bunch of guys and girls, um, some of which you guys know. Um, <laughs> but the uh, but they reached out and they were just kind of like, I would love to do something like this, but I'm really self-conscious. And Which is what I said to you because I naively was like, well, no one's probably going to want to do this. So I think I texted you. I was like, well, if you need a model, like I'll yeah, do and it. You know, it's funny too because a bunch <laughs> of people said that. And those are the responses I like because it was like I know I could tell that – I'm not necessarily talking about you, but a couple people reached out. I'm like, I can tell – you want to do this, but you don't want to say you want to do this. And I'm like, listen, that's not what it's about because the the photos I posted that we shot the other week, I basically said like, I will honestly not post a single one of these if you don't want me to. This, yeah. These are for you and, and me. Like they're not for posting. And she's like, honestly, post whatever you want. Which is amazing Which, because I, she I walked that into was cool. it. So I did that and got a lot of response. But this isn't something – I feel like a lot of people – especially if anyone is on a photographer looking for photography stuff on, on Instagram, you find people with a shit ton of follows that are just posting pictures of naked chicks with their, their nipples. Oh yeah. You know, it's a sure like out. if you, it's you a got sure some tits like, in there. And they have, they have <laughs> 12,000 followers, yeah. you know? And I feel like, but if you look at the photos, I would say 90% of those people who are posting those, I'm, I'm just looking at them like, Oh, you're doing the milk bath shot again, huh? You know, like, and listen, I'm not knocking at all, but like. It's I, almost like an easy sell. But this is for me a personal project that has turned into something way different than it was supposed to be originally. But it's not for getting likes. It's for I need an outlet that's not shooting weddings. As much as I love shooting weddings. Right. And I, it's the same thing as any musician who's a songwriter who needs to stop singing Katy Perry for a weekend and write their <laughs> own music. You know, I, I get it. So this kind of turned into this whole project that I'm kind of working on now. And, you know, eventually I would love to make some sort of photo book out of it. I think you should. Which would be awesome. But it's, you know, there's something to be said. And I, I, I kind of took this. I forget who said this to me. One of my friends who I was talking to who I'm going to shoot was, was basically like, I look at it the same way. Have you ever gone on Facebook and seen a picture tagged of you and go, oh, shit. Oh, yes. And then look Every at the time. picture and go like, oh, my God. Every time. But have you ever had that one picture that you see like, damn, I look good in this picture? You know, it's – I want that reaction. You know, I, I want someone to be able to take photos and get a gallery of a bunch of images that they, they feel they feel good about themselves afterwards. They can send to their significant other and be like, hey, what's up? You know, or, or something like that. And, you know, it's also selfishly – it's an excuse for me to try a bunch of different things. Like 90% of the stuff I've been shooting for this is all on film. I've been trying different film stocks, how I meter film because – if I could, if it wasn't so expensive, I would shoot all of our weddings on film too. Which I think is very cool. Um, it just has a look that you can't reproduce on digital. Um, I love film. I started on film. Uh, I love the look of it. The issue is that this day and age that, you know, digital is around is, so put it this way. 
a roll of medium format film, um, which is bigger than what you normally put in those old cameras that we, we would use. You know, in high school, the, the point and click yes. disposable ones. This is a bigger negative. It gets more um, depth and more detail. A roll of that costs about seven bucks. Okay. Um, you get 16 exposures off of this roll. You send that to the so you can't go to CVS and get this developed anymore. You can, but you get the, those prints. If you want them used for these things, you send them to a lab. Our lab is in Alabama, I think Alabama. The one I use for my personal work is in Alabama. So you ship that. That's eight bucks to ship all these rolls of film. Each roll is about twenty-one bucks to get processed. Yeah. So it's a hefty price tag, right there. Yeah. So I mean, do the math yourself. I do one of these shoots and shoot six rolls of film I mean it's I'm a lot of money math right now yeah it's expensive <laughs> I can't math but I know it's a lot and that's why you know I, sh- I can shoot a thousand photos on digital for nothing um, but you know it's going back to the stuff we're doing right now it's it, it's become it's sort of a win-win situation I get to try a lot of stuff make some art that's not weddings yeah you know um and people get to feel good about themselves. and Which I think is super important because I think, and I, and I, I will include myself in this, people convince themselves of what they, it, maybe it's not total body dysmorphia, but we've convinced ourselves that like, okay, I'm too overweight. Like my hair is not this. You can't imagine, like you see yourself in your head as a certain way. And I will be, I will be the, the first person to admit that I definitely have a, hold on, I'm passing my wine to my <laughs> Over the white couch. <laughs> I definitely have a weird sense of body dysmorphia. I think um, everyone does to an extent. Yeah, I mean, like, I work out like a crazy person, and I have this look in my mind of how I'm supposed to look. And, you know, I'll get down to my thinnest and my leanest, and my wife will be like, you look ridiculously good. And I'll look at myself and go, I'm not there yet. Not there yet, right. And everyone thinks that because we just get blasted in the media with how you're supposed to look. And I think exactly. it's stupid. And I think it's important to take anyone that, you know, I find to be a beautiful person and be able to visually show them that somehow. Show them. And... You know, you might not think you're beautiful, but look at this image. Right. That's a beautiful image of you. You know, it's, I I think that's important and it's not something that I originally set out to do, but now it's something that I can see. Let me rewind for a sec. I think the biggest compliment and the biggest thing that I want to do as an artist in any way, whether it be a musician, a photographer or whatever is... I want to create something that makes someone else feel what I feel when I do that. Right. It sounds really cheesy. No, but, I mean, I think that's why we all do it. But like if it. you've ever listened to a song and gotten goosebumps. Oh, yeah. Or if you've ever looked at an image and felt a certain way. Why do you think Adele is so famous? Yeah, right. <laughs> and I think and I think that I've, I've been in that position where I've listened to a song, I've gotten goosebumps. I've watched, I've looked at an image and thought, this is amazing, like, and it makes me feel a certain way. And I think the biggest compliment or the coolest thing you can do as an artist in any genre or in any medium is to create something that makes someone else feel something. Yes. So if that is making a couple at a wedding cry because they remember their wedding day, that's awesome. If that makes a girl who feels like she is not a beautiful person, look at an image and see how good she looks or show that image to a significant other or someone to go, Oh my God, you're gorgeous. Like that is the biggest compliment. And that is not worth any amount of money. That's not 
pay me to take this picture of you, pay me to write this song. That is, that's enough for me. Well, and I think that's for a lot of creative, I mean, that's why I, I got into music in the first place. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think anyone who does anything creative, I think that's the ultimate goal. Like I want to make someone feel something right? because what you're doing, you're putting, you're channeling all your emotion into it as well. I think you said something earlier about like being creative. I've had a really hard time because I noticed like I did original music before I did the cover band stuff, which I like, I didn't even know the cover band stuff was a thing because where I'm from in Georgia, that's not a thing. I didn't know it was a thing for a very long time. (laughs) It's just kind of, Oh my God, you can make music or money doing this. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I did the, the songwriting. I, I, I wrote hundreds of songs and I was constantly in creative mode. So I'm constantly pumping things out. The minute I started doing the cover band stuff, it's like creativity shuts down because you're already doing someone else's song. And the, the, the shittiest realization about the cover band thing is that, okay, we're going to play covers, but like we're going to change them and we're going to be creative with them. And then we're like, okay, so like we're going to use these lyrics, but we're going to change this part to this and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, this sounds awesome as a musician. And you play it for 300 drunk people and you have girls going, this doesn't sound like yeah. it does on the radio. Yeah, people don't like it. They don't want any of your originality. Yeah. They want the song right. that they want it to be. And that, and then we had this <laughs> – that's actually funny. We had the same – feeling when we first came into this we're like we're gonna rock this up and we're gonna like you know we're gonna show everybody the first time i saw you guys because i thought it was cool because you're a musician right but like the biggest thing i had to learn especially you know joining the rockets which was much more of an established business yes like we are making money is that you know you have to do what the people want you to do yeah and i'm not saying and this sounds terrible but you kind of have to take your musical integrity and just put it in your back pocket you really do for the most part but that you know that was part of the thing you know if you want to make money you want to get booked you have to play music the way the people that want to see you want to see your kind of band play right and that is playing so it sounds like it's on the radio you know or it sounds like you're on the radio but there's live music with it or something to that we respect. D- we that definitely was- did a lot of um experimenting like in the very beginning we played I think there were like three songs that we there were like super heavy breakdowns because we were all in like metal bands I, I, I remember <laughs> and I, I think, remember those songs <laughs> I think one of them was like beat it and then like because we we already have like a rock and roll edge and, and we we're like all, we're all stoked on this breakdown we're gonna go nuts and then it, it hits the I breakdown you, wait, you guys played um Oh yeah, um, was misery business. Did you guys have like a metal breakdown in misery business or like a double kick drum thing? There was some song you had some crazy double kick drum part. I mean, a lot of them. We had like we had some metal double what? Oh, toxic, toxic. That's what it was. It was the static lullaby. Side stage on the cork, and you guys playing that song and going into that metal breakdown. I'm just standing there like. It's, but like you guys, but the crowd had the same reaction. Anytime we ever tried to do that, the crowd was just like, "I like this." Song. Like, what the hell happening? do we do? Yeah, what yeah. the hell do we do for this breakdown? Right. So we had to like, it was a, it was a very humbling moment because we, we very quickly were like, they don't want to hear stuff the way we want to play. We it. had, we had a moment of that where uh, Pete, the guitar player who who does a lot of the arrangements for the Rockets, he wrote um, this awesome pop punk version of Chandelier, mm. and we listened to like the the version he wrote. He did it all in. Um, uh, I bet it was awesome. Logic. It, I, I was like, yo, this is awesome. Like, <laughs> how will anyone not like this? And like, you know, Joey D sings all high. It was it was great. And, you know, we, we learned it. We're like, this is going to be awesome. And we play it the first time. And we it was just like crickets Ugh. and blank stares. Like, all right, fine. That was, that was like the moment I'm like, all right. There's no worse feeling. Take my feeling. musical integrity and 
shoved up my ass. Yeah. Yeah. There's no worse feeling than being up there, like thinking you're about to like crush everything and then just no one responds to it. Yeah. And you've just put all this emotion into it. So, you know, we had to learn, we had, and it didn't, we didn't learn it quickly. Like we tried to force it <laughs> oh, for a long I, time. I, it, it, I was kicking and screaming into that mindset. But once you get there and realize that it works, like you just kind of have to accept it. Yeah. I mean, and every once in a while you get songs that come around that like, you know, what we used to do a lot was uh, we would find the live versions of these songs. Yes. So, like, Bruno Mars and Justin Timberlake, you could find his backing band that were all, like, crazy musicians and play the live version that was close enough to the real version that people would still like it. But it was a little bit but different. But it was still like, guys. I could still like, oh, I can play a cool fill here. Or yeah. like, this off-time hit or something like that. Yeah. You know, Bruno Mars was great with that. Like, there was oh. his... His, I like playing his stuff because all of his live stuff, his drummer would go off a little bit so I could he's play fun. something other than four on the floor for... <laughs> Dude, well, he, I mean, he's fun to watch no matter what. But I mean, like, we, you know, the creative thing, like, so very quick, like, over a period of time, that gets sucked out of you a little bit. So when it came time for me to, like, you know what, I want to I wanna do my own stuff again. I want to, like, write music. I have not been able to do it. I wrote one song that I liked. I did a video for it. And since then, I just can't, like, anytime I try to do anything creative, I can't, I can't even color in my adult coloring book. <laughs> like, I, I sit down and I just judge the colors that I'm like, I, this color scheme doesn't work. But I, I, I found that, like, after doing this for so long, I have, n I have no creative outlet. So, um, I think it's good that you're doing the, the, the side project, but being, being in the cover world, like you don't have a, you don't have a creative outlet. So like I said, I'm glad that you're doing the, the side projects for you where you feel like you have to have your creativity flowing and it's leading to something very important, I think for other people. Yeah. I mean, it, it <laughs> you know, like I was saying, it's, it's kind of like writing music, you know, it's, it started as one thing and it's turned into something completely different, but it's been really cool. I have, you know, I've been, I mean, and selfishly, one of the reasons I've been doing this is is to keep busy because, you know, the more I the more I think about having weekends off and not playing music anymore, it's you know it's a little it's sad. Yeah. So I've been trying to sort of keep busy and not think about it too much and involve myself in as much things that I like to do as possible. So you know, I have, you know, a whole I have a bunch of albums on my phone now that I've just been looking for inspiration for photo shoots and stuff that are you know cool you know stuff that's body positive for. For people who want to do that, stuff that's a little out there for other stuff, um, learning more film. You know, it, I'm just been trying to stay busy. And the cool thing about it is, you know, I have physical proof of the things I've been doing. You know, I, I – <laughs> You can show what you – like for your yeah. time. The other thing I've been doing a lot of recently is is printing my photos. Um, which is awesome. I which think is, you should. It's, <laughs> it's a weird thing that, you know, we – so many people, especially with iPhones and everything, you know, we shoot so much photography these days and it just exists on a screen, whether it be an iPhone screen, a computer screen, you know, a browser window. There's something to be said about taking a photo and printing it and holding it in your hand. Well, don't you remember when, like, didn't your parents have photo albums? Absolutely. You know what I and mean? I, and <laughs> that's part of the reason that I do it. You know, it, it's so cool to hold my parents' wedding album in my hand. Right. You know, so you can't see this because it's a podcast, but like, I just bought a printer and paper this is 13 by 19 oh wow printing any and there's no rhyme or reason to any of the photos but it's just like stuff that i like i just print it really big and it's, but you know what because you know, because like exactly what you said you're you're a parent now in 20 years what are you gonna do show asher your facebook albums yeah, of all like, your you know, photos check, check out my iphone what's an <laughs> iphone dad like you know i I, th I think that's one of the problems with like switching from like where we were to where we are now, like like we used to have photo albums. We used to print. Like I remember, it was the coolest thing to go get the disposable camera yeah, and print right? off your photos and and figure out what it was going to look like. And now there will be a whole generation of people that don't know what that's like. Yeah, I've been trying to make like a very subtle shift back to 
some more analog stuff. Not in like a weird hipster way, but because obviously I love technology. Um, but just like things to help me. So I like holding a photo I've taken. Um, when we go to client meetings for the, our wedding photography business now, you know, I have a notebook that I take physical notes on. You know, just that, and I do that not because I think it's cool, but because actually writing notes out helps me remember stuff because I'm terrible with names. I'm terrible with little details like that. Yeah. But actually physically writing that stuff down when I go to meet this couple again to do their engagement shoot and stuff, I can just glance at that notebook and say, oh, you want, I remember like, how's your dog doing? You know, how's this and that, you know, just little stuff like that. And I think that some of that has been lost in the, the technology we have these days. And I'm not one of those people who's like, we should be, using typewriters again and blah, blah, blah. I'm not at all because technology is amazing. You know, my life is on this device, this iPhone. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. But there's like certain little things that I enjoy doing more of an analog way. Shooting film is one of them, printing images, actually writing stuff down. Um, I do carry a lovely man purse now. I like it. I've seen it. I I support the purse. But, you know, it's, you know, I have a notebook in there. And like when I think of stuff, I'll write it down. So I have a notebook just, yeah, full of random crap. But, I still write all my lyrics if I write something now down. I don't put them on the computer. I don't put them in my notes. Like I'll, I write them down. Yeah, you know, and I did that for you know whenever I have to play drums and need to chart something, everything I write down. I I have an app on my iPad that I can literally make a chart in that and have a Bluetooth switch and switch it with my foot as I'm reading it. But it it doesn't have the same effect as actually writing it down. Was there one specific moment where you knew? it's time to like call it with the music and switch to photography or was it like a, a slow evolution over time? There was absolutely one specific moment. Um, do you mind telling me? <laughs> <laughs> um, I will do this in the most, not going into as much details. So political way, I will do it as politically correct as possible. Okay. Um, without throwing anybody under the bus. Okay. The long and the short of it is that, you know, and I do feel bad about this is when Maggie and I got together is right when I joined total word out. She asked me how long I was planning on doing this for, and at the time, two, three years. Okay. That was my thing. In the back of my head, I knew, like, if this takes off, I could keep doing this. Right. So after two or three years, the band broke up, but what happened immediately after the band broke up is I got a phone call from um, the Rockets agency, you know, Mm -hmm. we're looking to make some changes. I joined the Rockets. That had potential to go much higher than I was doing with Total Wide Out. For uh, anyone who doesn't know, the Rockets, the name has been around for, what, 30 years? Yes. I mean, the name, uh, I it's forget, a big I, deal. Everyone's going to kill me for not knowing the exact I, It's. I think yeah, it's 30 it's, plus. It's, it's, it's 30 plus, yeah. yeah. Um, but the long and the short of it is that... Um, I'm choosing my words carefully here. There That's were a lot of fun. things I thought were going to happen that ended up not happening, and that is absolutely no one's fault. Um, and the way that band works... And everything that goes on in it will, would absolutely have worked for me for a much longer time um, had I not bought a house, got married, had a family. Right. Um, but actually, the moment I really decide, really hit the wall for me for figuring out I had to pick one or the other was when we actually looked at our 2019 schedule for weddings and sort of looked at the comparison between if I'm available to shoot these weddings, this is how much money we're going to make. If I'm not available, this is how much money we're going to make. And Mm -hmm. it was a a massive difference. Yeah. So it was just kind of one of those things where 
I love playing music. I love those guys, but I also love shooting photography. And it, it got to the point where the amount of stress I was under in the music industry weighed out with the amount of, I love shooting photography, owning my own business, being my own boss, shooting with my wife, shooting with one of my best friends. Um, that those scales finally tipped in the other direction. Yeah. Cause for a very long time, music had it just by a little bit because of how much I loved it. And it was at that point where just that, okay, the difference in, in finances that you're going to bring in, especially with a kid on the way. Yeah. And it was just looked at that number and went, okay. And, you know, I've told this to a couple people, um, but not a whole lot. I didn't know how I was going to feel when I made that decision. Um, but when I finally did make that decision and told everybody, it was – it was either going to go two ways. Either I was going to be really, really upset about it or I was going to be content and feel okay about it. And fortunately, I was – I felt very at peace after I made that decision. And it was cool too because I made I, – I didn't want – I've been in, involved in too many band switchovers with people that I didn't want it to be on bad terms at all. So yeah. I tried to do it the most diplomatic way I could give a lot of time to find another person, not make it, hey, guys, I'm leaving in two days, you know, not be a dick about it. And I I hope that I left, you know, in a good sense where, you know, I, I feel like these guys are still all my brothers. I feel like I didn't leave bad terms with anyone. I mean, I'm speaking from my own perspective yeah. here, so I don't know if anyone's, like, super pissed at me. But I, um, that's what I was really uh, focused on because I've seen – the other end of that and it's never pretty and I've been on both sides I've been the guy coming in when things didn't go well with the last person and I've also seen people leave on bad terms and it's just like it's such a bummer man so um, yeah but that was it for me and it, it made me appreciate the last couple of months in a way different light and sort of see things within the band in a way different light and be able to really enjoy playing on stage again and not because for a while it was I wasn't having fun playing on stage because I was thinking about all the bullshit behind the scenes yeah and when I made that decision it was kind of like the, the pressure yeah the stuff behind the scenes doesn't apply to me anymore it doesn't yep. matter anymore so let me just enjoy doing why I started doing this in the first place so you know the past three or four months have been awesome I've been having a great time you know I've been enjoying the company of all the guys and really enjoyed playing music with all those people and yeah, and, and now it's sort of on to the next adventure, and I have no idea what that's going to be like. And it's it's terrifying on a whole new level because this is our company. You know, we are in charge of our own fate, whether that be good yeah. or bad. Um, but, you know, that's exciting. So, you know, and I'm honestly like the worst case scenario, if, if this doesn't work out, like I'm, I know that I can find something else. You know, I I've always been against the – uh, the idea of you go to high school, you go to college, you major in something, Same. and then you leave, and then you get a career, and that's what you do for the rest of your life. Same. And from when I was a, a kid, I remember thinking that was ridiculous. Like, how do you expect me to pick one thing that I like to do for the rest of my life? Like, I knew that was never going to be me. It was terrifying to think, uh, you know, am I going to be able to find a bunch of stuff that will make me enough money to live? And to this day, like, I love this this lifestyle of, doing stuff and then maybe finding something else to do. And maybe this is it, but if it's not, that's cool. But like, you know, it's still terrifying. Like, am I going to be able to retire one day? I don't know. Yeah. You know, is, am I going to make enough money to do that? But you know, it's, it is what it is. And 
I think it's important to find something you love to do and let it kill you. Which like- is it's, it's a really cliche quote, but you know, I, I I've done it once now, and if I do it again, I do it again. You know. I like that. And so that's a good note. I'm going to ask you one more thing and then we can call Because I actually have had a very good conversation. Yes. And, I, and I, time has gotten away from us. Not that we have a, a sponsor nor a time limit, but hey. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, we're sponsored by Black Box and Like a Volum. That's true. That's Sorry, true. Yeah. I like both those. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that I talked about on the, on the episode um, that I think you heard of my other podcast was that, you know, there's a moment where you have to pull the trigger. And just because, like, you know, I think a lot of people are stuck. In, in a lot of situations in their life that they wish would change. And, and for some reason, they're just not able to, to pull the trigger on it. Um, and, and I think they look at people maybe like you and see you doing the things that you love to do and they think it's easy for you. But just because you knew that you wanted to switch over to photography, you knew that was probably the right thing. You felt very at peace at it. Was that easy for you to walk away from that? Uh, a thousand percent no. Yeah. Um, and kind of like you explained in, in, in your podcast that you do with that is that Sometimes it takes an outside factor because kind of like Sean, <laughs> I would never have changed. Yeah. I would have just spun that hamster wheel until I eventually died and the hamster wheel stopped spinning. I, that's what I would have done. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to have my wife. Um, and I think the situations were a little bit different. I think um, in your guys' situation – you were spinning the hamster wheel and one of you just jumped off. Yeah. And that forced the other one to go, oh shit, 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 and slow it down and then get off. In my situation, I think it was a little bit different that the both of us kind of slowed it down together. Yeah. But I don't necessarily think either one of those is wrong. Yeah. You know, it's, I think, I think Sean's situation is probably a little bit more stressful. No, no, don't say that. They're both very stressful. They're both stressful on their own way. But, um, I don't know, that analogy of the hamster really, really hit home for me, too. It was kind of, you know... I was never on the hamster wheel. You were not. You were. I was off the hamster wheel begging you to get off. She was off yeah. the hamster wheel putting, like, a stick under it so it would slowly slow Hoping the thing you down, would. like, come <laughs> on! Yeah. You said you would get off the hamster wheel three years ago. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's it's... I don't necessarily blame anyone for having that issue because... It's like the hamster wheel, but at the top of the hamster wheel, there's a little piece of cheese that you can't ever quite get to. Yeah. And, you know, whenever you think about leaving, there's always that, like, you have that one awesome show or that, hey, these guys are thinking about hiring us for this or, like, this might happen. There's always something that you can – if you love it enough, you can convince yourself. Yeah, exactly. You can justify doing it. And, you know, it – for me, it was – it just – it got to a point where, to be honest with you, the bullshit got – to be too much for me. Yeah. Um, and the bullshit did not, or the good did not outweigh the good on the other end of it, but the photography stuff. So I don't know if I'm necessarily the person to ask about that kind of thing, about how to get off the hamster wheel, but I can say that I think that what you guys did, I think maybe the better way to do it, where you just say, look, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. But if I don't change anything, nothing's going to change. We also padded ourselves in a way that, lo- like, we were lucky to be. Oh, yeah. I jumped off the hamster wheel into very plush. A lovely home. Lovely, <laughs> lovely <laughs> pillows and stuff. I, I think, 
I think I had it much easier than a lot of people who are stuck in the same place have it. But that doesn't, I don't, I, I will agree and disagree. I don't think, it's still hard because you knew your circumstances and this was something, you had your life and it was a certain way. It's always, always hard to make a change and completely switch. Right. Um, so I, I would agree that, yeah, I mean, yes, you have a lovely home and, and you had some padding, but that doesn't mean it was any easier for you. I no. don't know. Um, and you're right. I, I shouldn't discount that. But at the same time, it's, you know. I see what you're saying though. Yeah, it's. Listen, I am. I will be the first person to admit. I my entire life, I am horrible with change of any kind. I have insane separation anxiety, and I am terrible with life changes. And you know, <laughs> between you know becoming a parent and <laughs> and stopping doing what I've wanted to do for most of my life professionally, like hell of been, a couple of months. <laughs> it's been a hell of a couple of months. Um, but you know. I, would, I, don't, I don't even really know where I'm going with this. It's I would kind say, of like, do you do you re, do you regret it at all? Absolutely not. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, and you know what? It's a thing. I will be sad about it. I will miss it. I will not regret it. Yeah, I think, I think honestly, the biggest thing is like we've talked. We talk about it a lot. Yeah. yeah. We talk about like how are you feeling? Like how do you feel about it today? Like was it rough that like you weren't at that show or like. What are we going to do today? Yeah, you know, it was it was very it was very very weird for me to see all my dudes posting stuff without me. And you're not there. Yeah. I don't want to say sad, it was just weird because I know Well, I, that was your I, life for so long. Because I still text all of them and talk to them like I'm still in the band. Like it's not, you know, it's going to be weird to see what the next couple months hold. Yeah. And it's it's literally day to day for me. Like there's there's been there's definitely been some times where I just I'm really upset about it. Do I regret it? No. Yeah. But that doesn't make it any easier. Yeah. You know, it's it was it was my entire life for almost a decade. Yeah. And it's a weird thing to get out of, you know? Um, and I'm sure you guys feel felt the same. You know, I'm sure it was different with your specific band, but I mean you guys have been doing that for since a while. you've known each other. Yeah. And it's kind of similar with the two of us is that I've been in a band since we've known each other. And even though we weren't doing together, doing it together, she was very much involved. Yeah. You know, she was the one sitting up at home. She was the one coming to shows. You know, and it's... It, it, I mean, I guess the best advice I can give to anyone who feels stuck on that hamster wheel is you need to find, you know, your little patch of grass to jump off on. Oh, I if like that. that. Makes sense. Yeah, I like you that. Know, and that could be a three by three jump off. Hope I aim for it. I hope I hit it. But <laughs> it's you got to try something. And and listen, like as a musician, you can always go back to that. Yeah. Like you really can. Like, and I hate to say that, but like, you know, if this photography thing didn't work out, like, obviously, I'm not going to jump in and be able to join a band that I think is as successful as the Rockets. But I could find some people and. We could put something together and play a couple bars and clubs. Like, you know, it's not. We have a mutual friend, Eric Henkels. Yes. And he actually said something that changed my whole mindset. He said, because, you know. He we does were, have those epiphanies. He does have around. those epiphanies. And we, we were having a conversation. Of course, something was going wrong with my band. And I came to him for help. And he said, there was one moment in my day. Because, you know, he's, he's been on a few different projects. He's yeah. incredibly talented. And he said, um. I had I had that realization that no no matter what, I would always have a place in the music industry if I needed it. If I had to Absolutely. walk away, and he said you have to come to that realization on your own. But you have to know that if you're good, like if you're good enough and you do the work, you're always going to be able to go back. 
And I think that if if you were talented enough to be able to be successful in the industry that we worked in for a while, you're talented enough to get back into that industry if you wanted to. And I think that bleeds into to just nine to five, whatever your your profession is. I think if you were able to make a profession out of it, I think a lot of people think, like I said on that other epi- like um, podcast episode, um, people are afraid of change because they don't know what's going to happen. It could be the end of the world. But you know, if you jump out of a job that you hate – and whatever you try doesn't work out. You don't necessarily have to go back to that job, but you can get a job doing almost the same thing. And hey, listen, if you do, if you go about the right way and you don't burn bridges, you you always have a place. Yeah. Now, I, that's a big thing. Don't burn bridges. Yes. You don't know, if do that. If you're, it, it, you got to go. You have to. If you're not sure about it, you got to go about it the right way. You know. I listen. I don't know what else there is out there for me, but I have to see. And and if people can't respect you for saying that, then. You know they they're probably not worth your time. It's not the right place for but, you. But yeah, so for anyone who's trying to jump off the hamster wheel, man, find that little patch of grass and try it. And if it doesn't work out, you know you have you got legs. You can always jump back on that wheel if you want to. I like that. I think we'll end it on that. That's a very good. Well, thank you so much, Simon Winovsky. Well, thank you for do you having wanna, me. Do you want to plug your your photography? I would love to. Um, so our wedding company is called Salt and Cedar Photography. Mm-hmm. Um, we're on Instagram at Salt and Cedar Photography. Everything else is linked there. Um, if you would like some fairly weirder photography, you can check out my personal stuff, which is <laughs> at simon.warnovsky. Um, figure out how to spell that because I'm not going to spell it out for you. But <laughs> it's all linked from there. Uh, that stuff's a little little weirder than our bright and happy stuff. But, uh, yeah, so thanks well, for having me. All it was right. Fun. Well, thank you. We're good. Clap. Yay. Oh, you know mm. what? I'll give you a hand. Mm. That was That fantastic. was fun. That thank was good. You. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed doing it, and I actually enjoyed listening to it all over again. Um, if you would like to be involved with the podcast, email me at thecarlyfanning at gmail.com. Um, you can check out all of our episodes now on iTunes and on the website, thecarlyfanning.com. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, let me know. So until next week, guys, I hope you have a great week. Enjoy your weekend. See ya. See ya.